Today on Straight Talk, we're going to discuss the content of a recent article that Steve Ashkin wrote for Cleaning and Maintenance Management Magazine. Steve, welcome to the program. How are you? I'm doing great, Jeff. Great to be here with you and all your listeners. Yeah, well, it's going to be a nice uh, discussion because your article is fantastic, a good topic. I do want to uh, mention that for those that don't know Steve, uh, Steve is considered the father of green cleaning and has spent his impressive career empowering individuals and organizations with not only green cleaning technology, but processes, and has been a strong advocate for sustainability. In fact, you can see his articles in all of our ISSA publications and our video programs as well. So Steve, we do appreciate your time and what you do for the industry. So with that in mind, uh, let's get to a few questions and talk about this article you have coming out. You wrote it on sustainability theater. Can you explain what you mean by that? You know, I think back to the beginning of COVID and I think you remember when we saw people dressed up in spacesuits, you know, self-contained breathing apparatus, you know, actually, you know, scrubbing sidewalks and scrubbing absolutely everything and spraying them down with disinfectants and what have you. And of course, at that time, we really had no clue what the SARS-CoV-2 virus was. It was called the novel coronavirus because it was new and we didn't know what to do. So we literally threw everything at it that we could. But what we learned when we finally figured out that it was really not transmitted by contact, but rather through inhalation, that a lot of that work was just unnecessary. And as Derek Thompson, a writer for the Atlantic magazine wrote, you know, it was just hygiene theater where we did all these things because it looked good. And because occupants in our buildings and in our communities, people in our communities were frightened. And so we did all these things, but it turned out that much of it was just theater. It was for show. It used a lot of resources, it was expensive, and candidly, it had very little impact on what we were really doing in terms of finding COVID. So I think that's an important beginning point to recognize that concept of hygiene theater. And I'm sure Jeff, you recall that. I do, I do recall that. And it kind of snuck up on us. It, you know, when the pandemic started, we didn't know what was going on, what to really do. I mean, we had the basics, but it was, as you mentioned, a novel virus. So we reacted and unfortunately a lot of negative can come with the positive. So what you're explaining today makes total sense. Can you give us some examples of sustainability theater? I think we want to know that. Well, thank you. So the parallel with hygiene theater is doing things that look good, you know, for appearance reasons, regardless of the intention, right? Because we're all about performance and cleaning. There's a real job to do. It's not about good intentions. And so the same thing exists with sustainability theater. There are organizations now, regardless of their intent, that are doing things that are primarily for show. They're doing things that really have very little impact on solving the issues that sustainability professionals and those focused on the issue of sustainability really care about. 
Reminds me, Steve, of uh, when I first got into cleaning. I took a class and uh, we were taught how to remove a spot or stain. And the instructor said, if you can't get it out, just get on the floor with all your stuff and, and work hard and look like you're doing your very best. And the customer will see you doing that and they'll forgive you. I kind of think that's what you're talking about in a way, just the action, the activity, maybe nothing actually gets done the way you want, but sure looks like you're doing something. Does that sound right? It does. And let's face it, sometimes when we don't know how to solve a problem, we need we do need to throw the kitchen sink at it. And our clients do need to see us working at it. But you know, in this day and age, sustainability has matured beyond doing that. You know, I remember in the old days when if you put up a single solar panel as a demonstration project. And for those of you who are just listening, I just did the air quotes around that demonstration project. You know, 10, 15, 20 years ago, that was awesome because people had no real familiarity with any of the technologies. But today, let's face it, we know solar panels work. They're much more efficient. They're cost-effective, what have you. So putting up a single panel just to say, hey, we're doing solar, that's an example of sustainability theater. You know, putting up a little wind turbine. I remember working in Philadelphia with the Philadelphia Eagles football stadium there, and they put up all these wind turbines on the top of their stadium. Well, they really didn't do anything. They generated hardly any power, but it was valuable to show people. But we're talking about like in 2002 time period, over 20 years ago. So today, what we're simply trying to tell people is we got to get beyond the show. We really have to start doing things that are meaningful. And not only is this important for addressing climate change issues and other sustainability issues, it's important for the companies that are doing this stuff because they don't want to be accused of sustainability washing or sustainability theater. We got to do more than show. I guess my example works a little bit, but yours is a bigger picture. So those watching will uh, get the point. Let's talk about prevention. What do you think we can do to prevent from falling into this trap of sustainability theater or any theater for that matter? Well, in this particular case, and as I talk about in the article, there's two basic things that I encourage people to think about. And this is true not only for people in the cleaning industry, but for our customers. And I hate to say it, but my number one issue is to really think about who is leading your sustainability efforts. We're beyond the point where we want to have a marketing or salesperson become the director of sustainability. In all due respect, I'm tired of that. Shame on us. You know, think about it. In your company, if you had a financial task force, you would expect the people who worked on your financial task force, your financial committee, to actually know something about finance. Mm -hmm. If you're a chemical manufacturer and you were hiring and head of your R&D department, you would want someone who had a degree in chemistry and knew something about chemical formulations. We, for sustainability, we need to understand that it is a technical 
discipline. It is not a marketing position. We need people who fundamentally understand what their role is. So when I look at companies, I look at who their sustainability officer is. I go on LinkedIn or I Google them and I want to see where did they come from. And I worry when I see that that person, regardless of how well intended they are, are a marketing or sales person because that happens far too often. Agreed, agreed. Well, good information. Hopefully this will help some people. I, I agree, Steve. It's If you're going to do something important, you should be an expert. And that just, it makes sense. So, And let me, if I could, Jeff, share the other thing that I write about in the article. It, please forgive me for interrupting you. But the other thing is, the next part of a sustainability program is for people to really develop a baseline, right? To really understand where they're starting. To un- and every part of our industry is different, right? The impacts, what are material for a product distributor is gonna be different from a manufacturer. And even among manufacturers, it's different. A paper mill, a paper manufacturer is gonna have different impacts compared to a chemical manufacturer or for a manufacturer of plastic can liners. So the first thing everyone should be doing is developing that baseline, understanding what's important, understanding their energy sources, understanding their transportation issues, understanding their water use, their waste production, the things that go into their products. And of course, importantly, from a sustainability perspective, to understand the issues associated with their personnel. And this is especially important for our building service contractors, because their most important and significant impact comes from their workers Mm -hmm. and understanding diversity issues and pay issues and other things. So again, there are things that people can do. You don't need to be a technical expert to do these things, but to start tracking energy consumption, water, waste, transportation, and the other things. So once they have a baseline, they can actually start identifying where they can have the greatest impact moving forward. Well, great information. This topic in the September issue of CMM Magazine. So if you're watching this video before the issue comes out, well, you'll get to read the article soon, or you might get to this video from the article. But no matter what, Steve, great information. Thank you for sharing all this with us today.